Ja, men du är här, Joel. Vill du räkna in oss med, med gamla... Alltså, hur ni brukar göra? Oj, oj, oj. Vilken ära. Absolut. Yes. 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 Jag höll på att köra på svenska. Det är vilka jag gjorde nu. Um, ja, exakt. Det är nästan som att vi ville catch up på svenska egentligen. <laughs> Men if you're lost, you're yeah. lost no longer. It's in English, as per usual. Indeed. Thank you very much. So, hello and welcome to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric and as, with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. And today, a very special guest. Uh, he's, he's been on before, never on a song episode. Uh, we have Mr. Joel Brink, uh, famous from uh, Maidenpodden. Thank you very much. How nice it is to be back. Yeah, I gotta ask, because I was curious, how is it not doing it? Maidenpodden, that is. Well, I mean, you tend to get used to it somehow. Uh, I get a bit, like I said when we were talking a bit before, when I was trying to get the things in order here with the correct sound volume and all of that, I... Kind of even forgot where to put the USB cable, <laughs> so you forget you forget easily. But uh, I mean, what I tend to do instead, we have a we have a Facebook group now, so I tend to to write too much content there instead yeah. because I can't talk about made, and I always have to figure out and come up with new ideas and sometimes some provoking comments and stuff like that. Just because, yeah, it's difficult to sort of when you've been in. in it's like if you've been a successful politician. And then you're no longer, you burned. Then you kind of, you still want to be in there, yeah. making decisions. There. Yeah, you're, kind of, you're, you're hanging around the parliament, the parliament walls, yeah. walking your dog. And uh, exactly. yeah, I think um, the, your community is still pretty good. Uh, you, uh, like us, we actually, or Eric, landed that idea from you with uh, Friends of the Beast. So you have a similar thing going, which is quite smart to do the private group. Because then it's less yeah. spam vibes, and we are still to to reach your size, actually, and it's only Scandinavian, so it's a pretty big group. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's it's actually nice, and that's that's the thing still alive, basically. Yeah, in our podcast, and of course you've been buying tickets, concert tickets. I'm guessing. Yeah, but actually I've only one at the moment. So I have for Tampere yeah, for yeah. the first uh, night yeah. standing ticket, of course. I didn't even realize that uh, they released the second night. So I kind of forgot to bought, buy, buy a ticket to that one. But the problem is I got like, uh, I live in Stockholm, as you know, and I, I have like a ticket to Rammstein the weekend before in Helsinki. And uh, so, I, yeah, let's see if I have to sell that one. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot of going back and forth to Finland. And then it's the Sweden Rock the weekend after Finland anyway. So where I, I have a ticket, I haven't purchased it, but I actually got it for free. Oh, wow. Uh, but I'm still contemplating whether I should go or not, actually. I'm well, I'm in two minds here because I'd buy the ticket probably if you uh, didn't want to go. But also, I think you should yeah. see Rammstein. It's a great band. Because I haven't seen them since I was a no, kid. No, it's not the same time, actually. Rammstein's first one out. So it's not yeah, like yeah, uh, the week before. It's right? not competing. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually then it should be like three gigs in a row. Mm. But but I mean, Maiden at Sweden Rock is kind of a little bit like. Yeah. Well, I did that. I mean, we did that in Huvinga last summer. Yeah. Uh, early June. Yeah. 
fucking sun was still shining when Maiden came on. Yes. Yeah, I mean, festival audience is, is always a festival audience. It's not a... It's not made in super crowd. I did that in Wacken. It was no daylight. That was nice. But it was still not as vibrant as, for example, just Tele2 or something. Because Wacken is still mm. it was a bit, maybe a bit too big as well. It's kind of hard to get in front because obviously it's a metal festival. And our Maiden is yeah. the best metal band and the biggest metal band. So what's going to happen is going to be, you know, it's rush hour, basically. A bit uncomfortable, yeah. actually. And, you know, no sections of the crowd as well. Uh, just floats out into the um, Döner kebab booths <laughs> in the back. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I have to say, and just on that note, on the last summer's tours, uh, I mean, uh, we went to see them in Warsaw as well at the new National Stadium, or new or new, I don't know when it was built, but it felt quite new. And I mean, just the atmosphere there with the massive soccer stadium, which was completely packed. Mm. I was just amazing the, the atmosphere there. That's the one ticket I have, actually. It's uh, but that's Krakow, so that's a different stadium. Krakow, yeah. yeah. It's a different stadium. But yeah, it's one of the, the earlier, yeah. I think. Yeah, released. I hoped it would be the first, but uh, that's, that's, yeah, everybody hoped that's gone. Everybody was the first. <laughs> yeah, that's gone. And, and, yeah, and I thought Tampere for a long time yeah. was to be the first. But, but understanding now that they do Slovenia, it's kind of, it's a general rehearsal. So I kind of, you know, why would they waste, like, these standout metal countries in Europe for a first with potential mistakes. Yeah. I think it's a, a deliberate mm-hmm. kind yeah, of yeah. decision actually to go to Slovenia or that's not like a stronghold for Maiden. You're, you tend to address the high profile gig concept. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, they yeah. did the first ever gig for Legacy of the Beast was Tallinn, and Tallinn is not like the stronghold for Maiden either. It's correct. Yeah. I, I, I think there was a Steve thing, right? He talked about Bruce being uh, only good on the high profile gigs towards the end of yeah. his first tenure in the band. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like Paris and Rome, Germany. Yeah. So uh, it's a cool thing to have you on for an actual song episode. It's, uh, yeah. It's yeah, fun. Thank you yeah, very much. It's been nice. You were on the live one and you were on the Midsummer, the Midsummer Massacre thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it's a waste uh, to not have you on song episodes, of course. Like, uh, well, uh, when I guested your podcast two times, once was a uh, manager talk, Rod Smallwood and that kind yeah. of stuff. And the other one was songs, but uh, Bruce Dickinson's solo songs, which is exactly, equally yeah. interesting to talk. And two songs in line today. Uh, two very different songs, but sort of from the same era, kind of. I mean, you know, give or take a few years. Uh, so uh, we have first up, a bit of an odd, uh, a rare bird, so to say. This is uh, one of the few ones. And Nico is actually... Uh, uh, the only partner. one, yeah, only one, yeah. His partner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, besides, I think it might be a. Isn't like he credited on like uh, some some B side as well, though? like Sheriff of Huddersfield, maybe. No, only like a mission, the mission no. from Harry, and that's not a song. Yeah, <laughs> well, fair enough. And no, then well, also, I, I think it passed the jam actually because it's a jam. So obviously, you know, they all yeah. wrote it as they recorded it. So so mm-hmm. so actually, yeah, you're not wrong. He's credited more than this, but this is the only studio track proper with his name on it you think he made a shit lot of money out of this song and still make a lot of money uh, maybe uh, i don't know uh, maybe because it's an 03 release so the cd sales were not dead mm-hmm. uh, i mean uh, i um, i have the cd and i guess most most fans who were fans in 03 have that cd and that would be a few sales but also, like, you yeah. get, of course, you get money for just playing on the album. And, uh, and also, every band has, like, a, an in, internal deal 
on how to distribute the cash, which is probably like Steve gets more, Bruce gets more, Rod gets more. Yeah, I think something like that. Like you know the the holy yeah. trinity, the holy trinity of of um, Steve, Bruce, and Rod, and then the others, possibly a bit less. Yeah, something because something I've been thinking about. Do they get a a salary now? I mean, we did and not an investigative. <laughs> that that's to put it. Oh, you mean the extreme? But but we did the numbers. The, the numbers. Of the we kind of looked at the bookkeeping a bit. But are they are they do they have a salary or how does it work? I mean, now when they were on tour, is it do they get a monthly salary? Interesting question because there's so many different ways to get paid as a band. Of course, you have the what we call in Swedish "gosh." I don't know what that would be in English. If it's the same word or. I mean, because it doesn't really sound very Swedish to me. Gosh, but that's no, basically um, that's basically a a lump sum for performing the gig, and yeah. and that sum is not um, hinging on how much material you wrote. It's just for performing it, and then um, of course um, you get royalties for the songs yeah. with your name on them uh, when you sell CDs, and also when you sell concert tickets, you get royalties for. So Harris gets more anyway every time, and then yeah. there are sometimes, like, I don't know about Maiden, but I know that Opeth, for example, have been able to afford a, a salary. I think it was 25,000 Swedish monthly. I'm not sure if they can do that anymore because they're not playing as much anymore. But they used mm-hmm. to do that, and it was like three hard rock bands in Sweden that could afford that. And then that's nice because then... 25,000, I mean, that's fuck all, the, honestly. Yeah. Then your bass player doesn't have to have a job at uh, Ica, you know. In, in, yeah. in the middle of it, which is very common, in, you know, in most Swedish metal bands, uh, you gotta have a, have a have a job basically when you're not on tour. Mm. Uh, so yeah. yeah, complicated question and really, I guess, impossible to answer because it's like it's in the it's in the hidden books, right? All of this stuff. Yeah, but I, I'm I, sure I they're they earning. Get, like, they probably do like a thing where they get like a per diem, so they have money to live on as they're there. That's not yet, I mean, that's not really counted towards. That's maybe counted away from the uh, what they what they're you know. Um, what they eventually will make off the uh, towards the end, but I imagine that they don't really, you know, it, it, no one's handing them a big, you know, hand, handing Rod a big, uh, you know, suitcase of cash after like Ulevi. That comes like that. I imagine all that stuff is sort of settled later at some point, or or, mm-hmm. or, or even before. It goes in via the company, of course, and obviously, like I guess, like any other entrepreneur, you just ask yourself, how much do I need on my account? Uh, you don't need mm-hmm. that much. Maybe it could be like frozen within. Iron Maiden Holdings, uh, I yeah. wouldn't know exactly. And yeah, the Pro DM is also a thing, but that's more for smaller bands, actually. Like, you get 200 uh, Swedish crowns for a, you know, a sandwich and a Coke. Well, I imagine it'd be a little but bit more here, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean... Is your, imp- is, yeah. is your impression that Nico is wealthy? Yeah, pretty much. I think he's... Uh, I mean, those are not accurate, uh, necessarily, those the net worth things, but I think he's number three mm. in the band. Mm-hmm. I think I he might check. even have a higher than Steve, and that could be because he runs a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Bruce is uh, like way higher than he the others. He launders money through the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rock and ribs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Titanium tart. <laughs> so that was funny too. You uh, about you posting in your group. You posted about Titanium tart actually doing the live premiere of Writing on the Wall. And, yeah, it's pretty insane. And uh, Steve was maybe not so happy with that. <laughs> no, and I can understand that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's one of those kind of, you know, tankevurpa when you, you just do things because you're too enthusiastic, but you don't really run it through Steve. I think you just, you know, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, we got a new, this new great new single. Let's do it. Yeah, it's typically something I would do in a band and then get shit from 
who's whoever is Steve, you know. <laughs> like Yeah, 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 yeah. And some random like cover singer yeah. is doing like Bruce's part. Yeah, and I and but I, and I would still defend it if I was Nick. I'd be like, come on, come on. It's just music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So according to Celebrity Net Worth dot com where the hell it is uh so nico is apparent has his net worth is 30 million dollars hmm. i don't know if that's sure or not uh it says that dave is 15 dave must be less because he writes very little and yeah, he so doesn't 15, run a restaurant yeah he doesn't run a restaurant 15 million adrian is 40 mm-hmm. adrian steve, doing well doing well steve, over there. steve oh, i i said again when i say this huge air quotes only 30 yeah, I knew was, that Steve, Steve? Steve. I know that Steve was less because he doesn't run a restaurant. <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> or 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 a plane like Bruce runs Cardiff Aviation, that obviously yeah. pushes he, it up. His net worth is one hundred and thirty. Yep. According to this. Yeah. And I can't even find Yannick. But what, I wonder, but I mean, Steve. Yeah. To be honest, I mean he must be getting a shitload from all the licensing and everything like that. I mean, he must be in the main. Share owner of Iron Maiden. I would imagine. So I don't. I don't know. That's, this might not probably be accurate. Um, but no. But I think it makes sense because, uh, like, that restaurant could very well up your net worth quite a bit. And also, like, of course, Cardiff Aviation. That's big money. Yeah. That's bigger but, money but, than Maiden. But I'm wondering in, in why, a way, you know, why uh, Adrian's net worth would be, according to this website, which again not, doesn't necessarily have to be true, is uh, ten million dollars more than Steve's. Yeah, I cannot. That's I can't uh, very interesting, at all. but I, I, I'm sure there's some reason behind it, and I'm, I, I'd be interested to look further into that. And I'm kind of happy yeah. to see it actually. I, I want Adrian to have his have his little, you know, extra. Well, I can't find Yannick on here at all, which is sad. <laughs> <laughs> Yannick is a wild man, no bank account. Yeah, but he's he's still on his uh, prevo team, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. trial trial. Yeah, but I mean, he's the kind of no bank account guy, you know, yeah. that, that, that yeah. comes in with like a. A wallet, an old school wallet, pending pung. Probably, yeah. And Andy and a, Pace. And a talisman. And a talisman and on a boat from Poland. Yeah. It's, uh, he's not involved in, in New Frontier. It's Nico. He's not, yes. And I, I bet Nico didn't make too much money from writing this track. Like, not that much extra from just having been on Dance of Death, I don't think. But I don't know. I, I was never in a huge band. I don't know how they work. So. Yeah. It is interesting. That is and I like the numbers of the beast. Also, it was one of uh, one of my highlights of your show because it's just like uh, it stands out a bit in, in the in the rock and roll podcasting world to do a, an accounting episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just weird. I never understood. I, I my my personal take on New Frontier and and Nico's participation in that is I think they felt sad for Nico, the other members, because he, this is the what is it, thirteenth, twelfth whatever record 13th yeah yeah in a row and uh nico had done nothing and i i think they felt that they needed to support him because i mean i think with steve, the help of, of steve felt that i think it, or maybe rob yeah but but still i mean it's 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 the dynamic duo bruce and and, and adrian who helped co-write this song ah so they so could I think yeah they you're right of, you know so you sat down really yeah. okay so nico we're finally gonna get you through this so you know, we just sit tight. You write uh, whatever, something, a word here and there, and then we'll credit you. That that's kind of my theory. He wrote it on the bass. He likes to play bass. Um, so Nico. yeah, I mean, he wrote riffs on the bass for this song. I remember that from an interview, and he said he yeah, plays I saw that too, Steve yeah. Harris, Steve Harris mm. style. So I guess yeah. w- words could 
be Nico too, because you alluded to this possibly being a newborn Christian anthem. Yeah, that's my impression, because that's about the time, I think, when he kind of found found himself trusting the Lord instead of... Let's dig into the lyrics a bit then, to see yeah. what, what it's all about. Because I sure have not been reading these over the years. I remember the chorus, basically. Well, I think I think that essentially this has to do with cloning, right? Yeah, that, that's oh, okay. kind of the, what it's all about. Ah, about what to do, bleeding you dry from the start, the sum of my parts, to give it away, new life a day, some new Frankenstein, because like how Frankenstein was brought up in a laboratory. Yeah, of course, mm, the yeah. thing is about that is that uh, Frankenstein wasn't, it, it, Frankenstein is the doctor. It was the uh, doctor, yeah. But that's kind of a, that's kind of a wise ass remark. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. It's like know, fucking. It comes across. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, oh, actually, there's no. Yeah, I know. It's, it's actually. Yeah. But, yeah. No, but, but you're right. Frankenstein is indeed a doctor. Nick, Nico is, uh, as, uh, is a fairly. Uh, you know, he's Christian and he's, he makes you know, no secret about that. And uh, often Christians have, uh, tend to have strong feelings about cloning and gen- gen- genetic research and whatnot. So I think that's mm. sort of. That, that, because it was yeah. along the times when the lamb was cloned. Yeah. The first lamb. Dolly. Yeah. I believe it was. Uh, yeah, a bit later, but still it was fresh in the memory, I guess. The second yeah. verse also sounds more um, sacral. Is that a word in English? Sacral? Sac- uh, uh, ho- holy? It's a word in Swedish. Sacral. Oh, um, um, anyway, you'll get it if I read I'll, it. I'll, yeah. Cursed by the angel who fell, who saves me from hell? Question mark. And who is my God? Again, a question. And, and where is my soul? The final question. Too tired to jump, too young to run. So too young to run, is that like, uh, I'm not like, he's, uh, what's that? <laughs> too young to run, that intrigues me most of that, that yeah, verse. Yeah, I don't get that. Uh, me neither. Too tired to jump, too young to run. And he's complaining about where the soul is, which I can understand, and that's kind of a spiritual thing. You mm-hmm. know, a, a man-created man that cannot possess a soul because right. it was kind of left outside in the laboratory. That's something that only the divine will give you. That's kind of my impression of this. So it's a little bit critical. It feels like Bruce could, Bruce could be interested in clonings too. Maybe it's like they meet in the middle there or something. Uh, what do you think I think that's, that's a fair... That's a fair guess. I think that he, yeah, this seems like the kind of thing he'd be kind of interested in. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, yeah, I don't think Adrian is interested at all in cloning, no. to be honest with you. No, 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 no. That's not how we made the net worth. <laughs> but, no, no. That's not how you get to the $40 million, million dollars net worth. <laughs> but I wonder how he did, actually. $40 million. Maybe he wrote some hit singles. I don't know. But anyway, let's continue with New Frontier. He cloned his money. Cloned it. Yeah, just print new. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting topic. I just um, and it's it's not. This is one of those sort of songs where I feel, um, it it's not particularly uh, it, it it's it's fine. It, it's not it's not it's not bad. It's not particular, but it's not like amazing either. I feel. Uh, mm. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, we've had a few songs uh, over the years uh, from this album, Age of Innocence. I recall like those kind of not good, not bad. And they tend to be very uninteresting to me. But this one, maybe it's because Nico's name is on there. It yeah. feels a little bit more of a novelty, a little bit more interesting. But it's definitely like a, 
well, we're not there yet at the judgment, but it's kind of a mid-level, you know, a decent rocker track, I guess, I would say. And it's got that nice Adrian uh, riff in the chorus. Mm. Which is so kind of trademark Adrian. So that it, 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 will, it gets quality when Adrian is right, co-writing a song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you froze there for a bit, but I think I got it. Uh, Adrian's um, Adrian's touch, like maybe like in a in a hooks in you or something like that, like rocking. Yeah, rocking Adrian. I, I've uh, I landed that from you. I used that. I don't I don't know if it was in this podcast or another, but I landed that open car analogy with the chorus yeah. of hooks in you. Uh, actually, made me like the song more. One mm-hmm. one of yeah, many effects your podcast had on me. It's a rare song, but one of those kind of diamonds you have to look for. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people shun it, but uh, uh, I don't think you necessarily should. Uh, we've done hooks in order. I don't remember what I said then, but uh, I don't think it ended up on the list. Uh, no, it didn't. No. So uh, to just get done with the lyrics here, you have the pre-chorus, kind of the engaging part, never ending, forever searching, chasing dreams, the dreams of your heart, always seeking, always asking questions right from the start. And yeah, I agree with you. Well, I agree that it, there is this... Um, newborn christian vibe to this you know with the yeah. searching questions uh, right from the start so maybe since you were born or something you, you have these questions and, and then you find god or something uh, and then of and course the chorus especially in the chorus that's so religious mm. yeah playing god without mercy without fear so out beyond the new frontier create a beast create uh, a beast made a man mm. with so you Kind of automatically assume your assumption is that it's not a good thing that comes out of the laboratory. It's a beast, which yeah. is not a positive yep. word, and it's a man without a soul. Such a thing cannot exist. If I kind of read it further, yeah. is it worth all the risk? A war of God and man. So it's basically, you know, really like almost like man becomes the devil. Because it's always a yeah. war between God and the devil. The devil yeah. But now a man has taken, you know, the, the shape of the devil and doing these kind of forbidden things. It's a conservative lyric. Yeah. For sure. And uh, Bruce is conservative. He's not Christian, I don't think, but uh, he's a conservative fella. I mean, his own brand of it. It's not like he's a right-wing nut or anything, I don't think. But uh, no, he's a conservative either. guy. And I mean, they're also like, okay, here they are about our age, really. But still, kind of, you know, getting on there, being old men, when you get and, critical. And he, I mean, I'm critical to TikTok as well, so. And uh, he openly, openly voted to leave uh, the EU. Yeah, he did, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then had to sort of uh, go and reprimand himself on that, which may have been part of the Belshazzar's hype. I'm not sure. Yeah, also, because the, then they were also, pissed off that, that they had to pay so much money playing in the EU. Being a British band, so they were pissed off. The about staffing that. problems, you know, it's really tough with yeah, the staffing. I don't exactly. know; they probably solved it by now. Uh, uh, we're still in the EU, so it's uh, not my headache. No, but yeah, I mean, the, the, these lyrics the, are basic in a way, right? Which can be nice. Like yeah. it's not the, you're not in the dictionary looking for tough words or anything. It's pretty straightforward, even though like uh, still the message could be interpreted. So I, I, pretty okay lyrics, not bad. Yeah, but but quite you know, lukewarm water. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> like, exciting, right? They're not very exciting. No, no, and they they don't provoke. 
Yeah, exactly. That's what, yeah. It doesn't provoke, but it is also a very provocative kind of interesting subject. So it seems they probably could have done more here mm-hmm. with just, you know, a few tweaks. Like, I don't know what those tweaks would have been, but it's, you know, it, I mean, even it's not just Christians who have strong feelings about cloning. It's, it's, it is a weird kind of. It is um, a weird thing, right? Thing. But for yeah. me pers- personally, I always figured like they haven't gotten anywhere with that stuff. It's like it's uh, on a very beta level or, you know, very crude level still. Like if it was actually effective, then of course it become a very uh, ethical issue. If you could, you know, just mm. churn out cheaps. But it's it's really hard to do, it seems. So I, I'm guessing there's like a uh, a natural break to it at least that's how i rationalize it in my head so i I very seldom think about cloning actually you know this is the first time in many years but it is interesting i agree with that because this this came out in 2003 so you'd figure that if you're judging these lyrics you'd assume that we would have more would have happened uh Mm. in in that in this particular frontier as they put it Uh, Mm. and it hasn't really though has it which is no Cloning, cloning was repla- replaced with 3D printers. There you go. 3D printers, AI uh, algorithms, that's been developing quite a bit since. But cloning, yeah. not so much. Um, no. I mean, there are some very interesting or sort of, sort of iffy kind of moral if- implications about cloning. Uh, of course. Yeah. Depending what, well, living beings, depending why you're cloning and what you're, what you're going to use them for, especially if they start cloning, if, if anyone were to get the idea to start cloning humans, uh, which obviously at some point someone would do. Because uh, you know the idea maybe would have been that one an application could be I guess if you were to uh, you could essentially solve the problem with uh, you know or, organ transplants if you could clone just the organs but if you're cl- mm-hmm. making a whole people to just use them as organs you're essentially creating an entire race that you're that you're just you know using for uh, you know your own means and that you know for your own purposes and that is obviously yeah I can see there's 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 a lot of strong feelings to be had about the subject if you sort of dive a little bit deeper which they didn't really do in this which is kind of too bad. Right. No. No, and they assume in, in the second verse, it's kind of, uh, I want to end my life now, but I don't know how, because he's singing in first person as he's the uh, clone. Yeah. Uh, but but how he assumes that they're depressed from start, I think, that the kind of, ah. all they want to do is, is to end my, be, commit suicide. No. But they, they, they're stupid as well, because they don't know how to do it. No. Ah, because I thought I that was uh, the newborn thing. Again, it was uh, an idea I entirely got from you. But when I heard "want to die now," I thought like his like his past life. He wants to end that, mm-hmm. you know, Nico's life in uh, drinking and smoking hashish and want to go and uh, worship God instead. That's how I read that. But uh, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know if it's about that. I just liked your. Uh, your uh, concept there because it kind of fits if it's a nico song you know if it's personal to him mm. i guess uh, that would be but that's more... the question who if he wrote the bass lines and he got credited did he yeah that's the, the million dollar question yeah, exactly there. yeah and that's what i've been thinking about as we've gone through them and I, I guess like what i said before maybe a co-written lyric with bruce could be the case yeah or it's just bruce lyric and the whole mm. newborn thing is it's a uh, it's our or your uh, discovery rather than the original intent. Who knows? But uh, I think we could head into some music from here. Yeah, yeah we can do that, please. It's quite rocking, yeah? Oh, yeah. That was cool. 
basically an intro, and then I think it's the verse, right? But instrumental. Yeah. And it's bang on the beat, Ruth. Bang on the beat, Ruth. <laughs> yeah. There's I no mean, intros here at all. It's uh, you hit, yeah, hit yeah, it yeah, right exactly. away. Yeah, there's no like um, uh, slow intro or clean intro or build up. Uh, that's right. Nope. It's just, but it's it's, it's, it's chords, you know. They just start ringing yeah. chords, which is uh, yeah. not very common in heavy metal of that era to just ring out chords. It's more of a number of the beast type move or no prayer, which was in yeah. turn a number of the beast type move. So uh, mm -hmm. you get that kind of yeah maiden rock vibe. Exactly, and it's not boring. I mean, I like it. Listening to the first, just the intro before the song, it could well have been a single almost. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're like right. a Wildest Dreams replacement, maybe. Yeah, it's actually, I could say right now that it could be a better track than Wildest Dreams, actually. Mm. It's not, Wildest Dreams is not the strongest track they've done. That's quite, quite far ahead in our antennae, so I take the liberty to, to mention it and forget it until we reach W. But uh, yeah, nice intro. And the verse riff is really cool. That sounds Steve to me, but of course he's not credited. But Nico has said that he plays bass with a total Steve sound mm. when he plays the bass. And uh, so it makes sense then that he would you know doodle that on his bass guitar, bring it to... Uh, bring it to Bruce and and Adrian, which was a surprise for me. I totally had missed that that they were. Yeah, why didn't he bring it to Steve? Because he Steve is his confidant in the band. He has yes, you know yes. said that. Yeah, so that's interesting. I, what, you you think Steve was actually a bit sad that he didn't ask him? Uh, could be right. Could be, uh, or maybe it could be like uh, he just comes in with this this riffage, and maybe Bruce says, "I got something I could work into that," or Adrian says, "I got something I could work into that." So like they're not offering him help, but he, meeting mm. in the middle or something. Um, yeah, that could be it. I guess infamously, they apparently they always once per album cycle they have, they have a huge argument. Uh, but you know, so that's true. You know, maybe figure that just to avoid, you know, to. To avoid the inevitable, not do with him. Maybe, I don't know. Could be, could be. Uh, the huge argument, apparently not on, I think it was a matter of life and death. Yeah, they didn't argument. argue then, really. Yeah. No argument. And uh, what else was I thinking about here with the with the song, with the co-writes? Um, I'll try and re-grab that train of thought. Either of you fill in in the meantime. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's quite up-tempo, and it's quite sort of, I would say, quite a positive... The music is quite positive in It's a pretty sweet little like, like melody, it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I actually, I, I like the melody. It's uh, slightly Celtic maybe, but not like in a Blood Brothers or Clansman or No More Lies way. It's more, no. it's kind of like a bar song in a way, you know? Yeah. Uh, like uh, a nice bar song down at the pub. Uh, Absolutely. Let's listen a bit more then. Uh, yeah. have the, I'm guessing the entrance of Bruce comes right here in 30 seconds in. Yep. Which is rare these days to have that, you know, the vocals enter so quickly. Double verse. 
quickly on the verse. I only have a quick comment. Uh, Bruce sings very well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's, he's such he's such a hero at just you know singing different styles that are maiden, uh, like including singing songs from the Blaze era or singing Harris's tunes. Of course, he is involved in this one, but I just have recently I think we've been on this track of just how good Bruce is at uh, putting full commitment in, mm-hmm. even in a, like a, uh, you know a hidden track such as this one. Yeah. It's still yeah. like he's pushing his best, and it, the, the, the vocals sound brilliant. I think. And I think it's a quite a fun song to sing. You can do it like full of force. It's like na 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 na, and you can then you start again. Ha la 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 la. So it's 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 not very difficult, I think, to do in a studio. It's not because like you, can, a, you just go in and you just you know you sing, you sing, boy. It's not the gong jabar. No, no, it's absolutely or uh, like uh, red and the black or something like that. Obviously, yeah. right. So there, that's also a trace of Steve not being involved. Uh, before we hit the chorus and pre-chorus, Eric, uh, anything else on the verse? I just think it's uh, this would have worked so well live. It's too bad they didn't do it back then. That's a good point. Mm. And it's short too. How long is yeah, the song I'd, actually? Yeah. Uh, is it less than five? Uh, it's exactly five. Five oh four. Okay, so let's hit the pre-chorus. It's a very traditional uh, structure of a tr- of a tune. This pre-chorus sounds totally like a pre-chorus, and the chorus totally like a chorus. Uh, I would yeah. say. Let's see if you guys agree with me. Here we go. Oh yeah, this is the intro. Yeah. So you're right, Joel. There's actually no intro at all. Yeah. Just utilizing the chorus. Yeah. They're recycling. Yeah. Like the recycled man. Rock and roll style. And I think this verse is shorter too. I would. I would yeah, think. Yeah, it's half. Yep. Yeah, so it's basically just one and a half verses in this entire song. Yeah, or you could say that the first one is a double. That's how I feel it anyway. So I yeah, feel the first one is like a double run of verse, and then the second yeah. is a single. Yeah. But they're not long. That's quite the opposite to Parchment, for instance. Yeah, or Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Yeah. I think this is a nice friendly type chorus, you know, there's a friendly vibe to it. And I like the double tay here, it's just a good move. Riff break. I like that they take their time here, no reason to rush. Adrian is wailing in. The bridge, or as we say in Swedish, stick. Mm-hmm. This might be my favorite part of the song. Mm-hmm. 
maybe the trade over is not the tightest, but no, it works. No. But I mean the solo and the stick. Yeah. I have to say, that's kind of my favorite part as well. Adrian can turn any mediocre Maiden song with his solo into something much more. Because That's he puts the effort in, even to this kind of, you know, what is this track number seven or something on the album. He yep. still thinks and contemplates about, hmm, how do I compose this solo? Yeah, I'll do it like that and that and that and then go a, there. A song within there. a song. A song yeah. within a song. That's his style. Yeah. And then you get a bit of the double chorus action here. Is there an outro? Let's see. It'd be interesting if this song doesn't even have an outro. I think it just goes back to the... Okay, double tail. Oh, the instrumental verse. No? Yeah, okay, that's the bridge, the stop riff, but without stops. It's smart, very economical. You know, <laughs> it's a very economical song. Yep. It's cleverly. Not too many pieces, but you knit them together tightly. Right, and that's not common in this band. No, no absolutely not. They tend to have a fair few parts that linger and everything. And in this track, is like three parts. Almost like three parts. Uh, yeah. They have that little outro, which was also the, the stop bridge. And you have the uh, the, uh, the the stick uh, again. It's bridge in English, but it's hard because bridge is also uh, anyway. You have the the part that is different from the rest of the song. And uh, I think, and to be honest, that Adrian was saving himself because I mean, Passchendaele is going to be the song that on the album comes after death, and that demands a lot more, and that's a lot more kind of creativity from his side. And mm. and also, he's the rocker. Is. He's the rocker, right? So he's the guy that would like to maybe have a song now and then that is straightforward like he said yeah, about but, uh, but two I minutes think he used he used the resources on wildest dreams yeah you're right yeah I, I think you're very right about this being like a uh, a number that is kind of um, i guess um, economical you know yeah he didn't like pour his heart and soul into this and his, like so that he had to sleep for three dra- three days straight after writing it not <laughs> no probably not that did not happen you know this was probably very easy to write and Sometimes, like on some of the newer stuff, I complain that you could have worked more on it. But actually, I don't in this case. I think it's uh, it's rather nice to have a song that is stays basic, uh, doesn't yeah. really overstay its welcome, and doesn't get overly adventurous. And you still get the solo flavor. That is. Would you have liked out. to have strings on this one? Uh, no. Would you? Uh, no, absolutely not. They use overusing the strings on this album anyway. So yeah. Uh, it's, it's part of the sound, but I, I very much agree. Yeah. It was during the Dance of Death era when they really started to use, put a lot of strings on stuff. And that sort of stuck until today. Yeah, yeah again, it's kind of part of the sound of the concept I see it as, you know, the kind mm-hmm. of medieval concept. Whereas on Brave New World, it's more futuristic and the, 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 um, the, there's plenty of orchestral type arrangements by that Bova dude who's yeah. done a great job on, on doing it, that. And it's I think a little bit more expensive-sounding album, mm. to, to use the words of Martin Birch for Fear of the Dark. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Brave New World is the World most expensive-sounding record in their catalog. Yeah. I, I said this recently, I don't know if you heard the episode, you will, but I said recently that, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, uh, that Brave New World is clearly the most important record of the entire discography. Because they knew. When they made Number of the Beast, they didn't know. They just no. made the third record. 
But when they did Brave New World, they knew we're pushing, pushing 45, I guess, at least. And we're yeah. attempting a reunion. Chemical Wedding and Accident Birth were really good. So this album, there's a lot at stake when they, when, you know, when they go into making Brave New World. So I think that's why it's also like probably the only time they hired um, someone to arrange um, the orchestral bits. I yeah. think normally yeah, it's no, always Steve, right? And it, it went right back to Steve on subsequent records. Yeah. I agree completely with you. And Bruce sounds very expensive on that record. I like that a lot. His mm -hmm. voice sounds so expensive. <laughs> like it's a million dollar singer, uh, yeah. which we'll get yeah. to very soon. But uh, I guess we should first honor New Frontier with a judgment. And that's uh, whether or not it's on the list. I would say no. No. Absolutely not. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but it's that kind of track that uh, it doesn't bother one, does it? At least it doesn't let bother me. Let me ask you spontaneously, when sure. did you actually listen to this song? That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's a very good question because that's ages ago. Mm -hmm. I did not even listen to it before doing the episode today, which I normally do. So that kind of, that sends off a flag right there. Yeah. yeah. I think for me it was uh, right before the, the announcement last summer, summer before last, I guess it would be now. Um, since we, when we knew something was coming, we didn't know what. And I, I listened to essentially all, every studio album <laughs> during that entire you know, mm. couple days there. So I did I did obviously hear this. Uh, the question is, did, did you listen, though, that is the question? Or did you just hear it? Well, yeah, I had it on. I was doing, doing other stuff, yeah, and I yeah. think your focus was not uh, like um, intensifying during this track. Maybe not. No. I think my conclusion is, it's a song that... I would not be sad if it was lost. I woke up tomorrow and it didn't exist. But I'm also not bothered by its existence. So it's uh, it's sort of like just a... Let's say you're at a party and there's one, one dude there. He's not going to be become your new best friend. But he's not disturbing the vibe at the party either. He's just there. You're not going to see him again. And you kind of like that he's there. Yeah. I agree, and it's yeah. not the worst song on the album. I have to put that. I can put, you know, "Gates of Tomorrow" and "Age of Innocence" are to me. Yes, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Below that one, they are below that one. And I, I previously mentioned "Wildest Dreams," and I will say that "Wildest Dreams" is probably better than this one, at least for now. Yeah, and I mean, we were fed. It was a single. It was kind of, you know, it was something new was coming from Nathan. I liked it live. Uh, more so than on the record. I liked it live uh, on uh, Gimme Ed. I thought it was quite energetic. Yeah, when they had the sneak peek version yeah, of exactly, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And also I like it on um, Death on the Road uh, mm -hmm. more than on Dance of Death. Yeah. But do you like Death on the Road, the DVD? I actually quite like that, but I don't watch DVDs. I don't watch concert DVDs. I listen to I listen to the, the live album. But yeah. I like the live album. I also liked your review of it. That was a fun episode. Yeah, because you get, um, yeah, you get really sick if you watch the DVD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when you had your little fit of rage over Steve's uh, abilities in terms of editing. Yeah, but it's insane editing. how much he's <laughs> editing there. It's, it's unwatchable, to be honest yeah. with you. It's, it's very fun like, for you that don't speak Swedish. All of a sudden, you will... Uh, a very major Steve Harris fan, I would say. All of a sudden, you just burst out, He sucks! <laughs> Steve sucks! Yeah, but he does, he does. I mean, in I certain areas, he does. Yeah. I mean, listen to the uh, the Legacy of the Beast bootleg from from Mexico as well. It's it's not a good sound quality that he was able to. I agree with that about the, especially about the you know the um, image edit, no the video editing, obviously. Yeah. Um, the, the cutting is not he shouldn't do that so, so at all. 
No, he should outsource that to someone yeah, else. Yeah, I think they can, he can afford, afford it. it. Or maybe Adrian can afford it with his higher net worth. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they can ask Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sad news. We've yeah. already depleted your favorite song, Joel, New Frontier. And now we have to go for this uh, random track, uh, The Nomad. Yeah, yeah, one of those, uh, how shall I put it? One of those two long ones from uh, Brave New World, because they fitted a lot of them in. There. Yeah, it's a... It's gonna but be, yeah, yeah, I think it's your favorite song in the world. It is my favorite song <laughs> in the world. It is my yeah. favorite song by far by Iron Maiden. and I think that's also the reason why I'm in this very special episode, because yes. the Nomad is the crown jewel of Iron Maiden. All right, folks. I figured since we didn't release anything last week and... Um, there's about an hour left or more actually uh, why not split these up so I can get this one out early and then I'll try and get the uh, second part uh, or actually the next episode as it were uh, the Nomad out on Friday this week on our normal scheduling wouldn't that be a good thing right let's let Henrik and the boys take it away from uh, from the great Iron Maiden cover album imaginative Iron Maiden cover album Food for Thought uh, I think a lot of it is on YouTube but I couldn't find this one uh, although I got it from secret sources. Hey! Fun fact, Kenny from Heat, Ben's favorite, he's in that hey choir. Take it away, Henrik. Like a middle training on the desert sands. Like a vision floating with the desert winds. Know the secret of the ancient desert lands. You are the keeper of the mystery in your hands. Legend has it that you speak in ancient times But no one heard you speak and live to tell the tale Some may say that you have killed a hundred men And others say that you have died and live again No man, beyond the right is so mysterious 